If you want to hear Sellotape roar, you should come to the District Court in Tala. I'll tell you about that later. It's not as frivolous as it sounds. If you want reassuring or consoling, this is the sound you'll listen out for at the District Court in Tala. Flip-flop sandals. They belong to Noel Fitzsimons. On Tuesdays, Noel goes out with her relations to second-hand shops picking up bits and pieces. But on Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays and Fridays, Noel works as a volunteer in the courthouse in Talla, Dublin. She works for Victim Support and in the Court Support Service. The Court Service provide her with expenses and an office. What are, what are the cards up on the, on the notice board there? The thank you card is from a girl that her case ran over for nearly two years here in this court. She really appreciated herself and her mother and father appreciated the help that was here for them. What did you do for them? Just kept in touch between the court appearances and sit with them in the court because uh, court's very intimidating. So that's what I do here is try and make it as comfortable as possible for their stay while they're here. And then some people don't like sitting in in the room in there. So that's why this room is here. And you have couches. couches. Yeah, you know, and we would have a cup of tea and a biscuit and that sort of thing, and a general chat. Incidentally, because it's a courthouse, I can only record outside the building or in Noel's office. And on this particular morning, I can't record in Noel's office at all. It's being used by a Garda who's interviewing a woman. She's a witness in a case against an accused man. She came to court with a child who was being minded outside by Noel while the Garda is doing the interview. Because I wouldn't have thought what was being said wasn't suitable for a little small child like that to hear, right. so I took the child out. She's clever enough now. Oh, that yeah, she could work of course out. there would be. I mean, you can't fool children as much as you try. <laughs> so you then went over to the courtroom, and why was that? Um, I just went in to tell the court guard that I had the injured parties in my room. Okay. And that um, when the case is called, that that's where they'll be. Okay, and yeah. it's now ten past eleven, and they've been here since half ten. ten any, yeah. any idea when the case is going to be called? Um, it may be before lunch, or it could run into the afternoon. You so know, she there's could no be she could be sitting in my room, yeah, for all that length. Right. Noel now works all the time in the district court, which is a lower court dealing with less serious crime, but she has minded victims in the high court and the children's court. Most depressing court is the children's court. They're mostly kids that are out of control, do you know, mm. and don't have much guidance. The road they're going to probably will be Mount Joy, you know, and you can kind of see that. And it's very depressing, you know, to look at these kids. And, but then you're in with the victims in the children's court. I was in with a girl that her car was stolen. Mm. And unfortunately, she didn't even get a hearing. You know, she went and took a day off work and... She wanted some satisfaction. She was a single parent, do you know, and she had a taxed and insured driving licence, NCT, everything. She had done everything that was expected of her to keep this car on the road. And the next thing, it's gone from outside her door. And that's the end of it. And she's left. She had to pay €60 to have it taken away because it was a write-off, do you know? Mm. And she had to walk and get her child to school then. She had to go and put hardship on herself 
until she has another car now, I believe. And she wanted to get up in court and say that? Yes, yeah. She wanted him to realise that this was the effect that this had had on them, you know, and that's very important to people. When the guard had finished interviewing the woman in Noelle's office, Noelle brought the child back into her. But Noelle then had to keep an eye on the accused man. While the woman was in the public area, he repeatedly approached her. When she was in Noelle's office, he tried to go into the office. Noelle asked him to leave. The courthouse has been renovated and Noelle's office has been moved. A change for the worse, says Brendan Grehan, court reporter with the Tala Echo. The court support services office has been moved to the other side of the court and it's right beside the main door and a victim could come in to the foyer and the accused would be very close to them. Before, the victim support office was at the other side of the court and was accessible by a security door and the victim could go in that door and talk to Noel and then be brought into the courtroom. Well, what's that old room being used for now? It's being used by, for the staff canteen and also for the sound system. Now the sound system is fantastic, but it's woefully misused. If you're sitting in the public gallery, which is where most people sit, it's extremely difficult to make out what's going on in the body of the court. While the judge, the witnesses, the accused, the defence and the prosecution all have very good microphones, they've mostly all been pushed away from pointing at their mouths, so they either point up at the ceiling, at the wall or towards the floor. I sat in court for five days in three separate weeks, and only by the fifth day did I manage to grasp what was being said. The sound from one microphone in particular has prominence. That's the one on the clerk's or registrar's desk. So while you're trying to hear what's being said during a case, the speakers are also relaying the sound from this microphone. The sound of pages being turned by the registrars. The click of the computer keyboard. The whir of the printer under the desk. The thump of date stamps. A thunderous opening of an envelope. Or the spectacular ripping sound of sellotape. To cap it all, there's a double door entrance to the courtroom and there's a constant traffic of people. Each time someone comes in and out, each door bangs, the inner one particularly loudly. So when the judge says to the accused, how do you plead? Just when the accused is about to say guilty or not guilty, the door might bang and you've lost it. The judge works concentratedly from 10.30 until 4.30 or 5. He has three voices, fast and serious, Rosary speed for the charges. Section 4s and Section 6s whiz out, but then you sometimes catch the word intoxicated or vehicle flying through the air and you get some sense of the case. He has a conversational tone for the substance of the case, usually addressed to the prosecution and the defence solicitor. And finally, he has a deliberate, clear voice for the accused. And with obvious respect, he summarises the case and then explains his decisions to the accused. The woman who came to court with the child went home. The defence lawyer didn't turn up. The woman agreed for the case to proceed on another day. It's early afternoon and Noelle is in the courtroom. She's sitting in the public area beside a mother. The woman's child was killed by a vehicle. On the other side of the courtroom is a young man who's accused of driving the vehicle dangerously. What Noelle does is that she brings the victims into her office. Then she goes over to the courtroom to tell the Gardaí where they are. And while she's in the courtroom, she looks to see where the accused is sitting, so she can make sure to seat the victims well away from him or her. It's not nice. If somebody has done a wrong to you, you really don't want to be sitting beside that person, 
you know, or you don't want to be in view of them. The woman whose child was killed by the vehicle has left the court. The book of evidence isn't ready yet. The case is put back to another day. I was really upset today, worse than I was the last time. Why is that? I just wanted it all to be over and done with, you know. Had you been in a court before ever? Never, no. First time ever in a court, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be aware of the court system or how it works. Or I can barely, barely understand what they're saying in there, but they seem to talk among themselves, you know, that kind of a way. Yeah. I think if it was made a bit clearer, now you'd be able to understand it a bit better, right. although I'm not up in the legal system, so... I don't understand. So tell me how the service works and what does Noel do with you? Um, what happens is when Noel rang me on Friday, it was offered to me the last time I was here. When I came down, the judge offered the court support system for me. So I took it and we went in there after the court case and then she rang me then last Friday to make sure that I was coming, that she'd be there for me today. And she sat there sitting with me all day. You're listening to Flux with Ronan Kelly. In this programme, Noelle Fitzsimons, a volunteer victim support worker in Tala District Court. While Noelle says she can help victims in the children's court or the higher courts, she says she can't empathise with them. She's never been the victim of serious crime, but she has been the victim of the type of crime covered by the district court. I was in the garage and my daughter was with me and situations happened and things happen that you don't normally do. On Friday afternoon at half three, normally go in for the petrol, lock the car, take the keys and fill up and go in and pay. But the fact that my daughter was there, I didn't do that. I got out and she said to me, she'd go in and pay. Left the keys, left my bag, everything. And I was on the outside pump and this fellow came behind me and got into the car. And stupidly, I thought he was getting into the wrong car. And when I think about it, I should know the car there, only mine, like after, when I thought about it. And he got into the car and I opened the door, passenger door, and I knelt in the seat. And when I looked at him, I knew, well, no, this is no mistake. So I said to him to get out of my car. And he just looked at me and then I shouted at him, get out of my car. So with that, he turned on the engine and I fell backwards. He went out of the garage at 100 miles an hour nearly. You fell out onto the forecourt? Out, backwards out, and my skirt, the back wheels went over my skirt. And my poor daughter came out, saw the car flying out of the garage and said to herself, what the hell is she at now? (laughs) And then when she came around and she saw me, I was in a heap. She didn't know whether I was alive or dead. There was one shoe in one direction and a shoe in the other direction. And the car was gone. And everything in it, my handbag and all. I would had been to the post office to collect. I'm a widow and collect my pension and all that was in the bag. So um, that was a Friday and the car was recovered on a Sunday. This fellow The thing I missed most of all was I had a load of tapes. I love music. Mm. And they were all tapes that I had made myself. And I'm sure he probably said if he played any of them, this one must be nuts because it would be all different kinds of music mm. on the tape. But he had kind of made his own at the car, like the little teddy bear hanging in it, 
Ollie's own tapes were in it. The boot was full of furniture. And there was a pair of shoes, brand new shoes, that I was returning that I didn't actually like and I was returning them. So he didn't like them either because they were still in the boot. <laughs> and uh, the stink of drink in the car was awful, you know. But however, we went to court and I went every single time to the point that the judge was able to recognise me. Why did the court go along? He was ca- how was he caught? The guards caught him. Yeah, the guards caught him. How did they know who he was? And um, Well, they caught him in the, with the car, oh, you I see. see yeah, yeah, caught him okay. with the car, you know. Well, why did it drag on? Why were there a load of different times? Um, well, you see, you sort of appear maybe around about three times in the court before it actually takes... Do you? Yeah, you have to be arraigned and then you have to be brought for mention and then it goes on then, you know, like there's, there's little different technicalities that you go through. And then, of course, reports, sent on reports. Then he didn't turn up in court and then there was a bench warrant issued. And then he was on probation, you know, and he had to produce urine tests and all that sort of thing. Then he didn't conform to that. And then we're back in court again and then... But I actually have a feeling about people going to jail. I think jail should be for real criminals. And I think these people that do these things should give something back to the community. You know, I really do. But did you have to be there each time he appeared? No, he did plead guilty. So if the question of a person pleading guilty, you really don't have to be there. But I wanted him to realise that I will remember him to my dying day, so I wanted him to remember me. Were you vengeful? No, not vengeful, but I wanted him to understand that he did something. To a person? Person, yeah. You know, Rather than just a just car? Just a car, yeah. You know, and he, the judge ordered him to pay me compensation. And that was... It was about four years going on anyway, you know. But I got the last of my money before Christmas of last year. So, but I would take every single penny from him because he paid it over in dribs and drabs, which was all right. But I wasn't letting him away with a penny because, as I said to you, as much as he made an impression on me, I wanted to make an impression on him and hopefully the next time he thinks about going to do something wrong, that he will remember me and say, no, she might be the same as that one. <laughs> and I'm not going to go through that, you know. But so. if he had a problem, say he had a drink problem or a drugs problem or whatever, would you not have any sympathy for him in that sense? Or maybe if paying back the money was was slowing down his ability to get back on his feet? No, he got a job. It put him back on his feet because he got a job. And he got his life together because he had to pay pay me, you know. Now, whether he has still gotten his life together, I don't know. But for that length of time, he did. And did you look at him in the court when you were uh, when you were attending all those appearances? Yeah, I did. I thought at the time that I would never remember him. But a funny thing happened was about a month or six weeks after I had a little pegs on the line for socks, you know, little thing. Mm. And then the wind blow it down. I was just walking out of my kitchen and I have a patio door and the wind blew this thing down and it hit the door. And I kind of, it startled me for the, a second. But when I turned around and I looked in the glass, I saw his face. So he was up here. In your head? In my head. He was there, do you know? And I would have thought at that point in time, sure, I'm fine. 
I'm grand. Do you know what I mean? But he was there. So you were still nervy. Yeah. But you didn't realise you were I nervy. I didn't realise, no. Noelle says she got involved with victim support because she was asked. Then she adds that she lived in a local authority area which years ago had problems. That was when there were more young people around and fewer work and educational opportunities. She also says that she's socially conscious and likes to keep busy. That was never a problem. She has seven children. What ages were the children when you were first started doing this? The eldest would have been 20 and then the, I had two younger children then. As my one of my sons would say, we were what you'd call saved marriage kids. <laughs> there was a gap. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. <laughs> what do you do in the rest of your life? What do you do I when like you're... concerts. What kind of concerts? You know, well, I like the point and the, I'd, I'd go to any concert. Would yeah. you? I would, yeah. Yeah. Just for the event? I go to a rock concert even, you know, I would. Would you? <laughs> yeah. Or would you I have would. company with you? I mean, we went to see you too now in Croke Park, all of us, you know, that was great. And went to see Andy Williams, all different things. Doesn't necessarily have to be... There's no connection between you two and Andy Williams, sure doesn't. Andy Williams was the left-hand side of me when I was younger, you know. And then you too, I lived with you two in my house for years you know, right. with my family. So yeah. I got to know you two as I know Oasis and all the other ones. It's late afternoon. A social worker has just left the court. He's been sitting there waiting since morning for the case to come up. It's been put back to another day. The social worker did a similar job in America for over 10 years. There, he said, you appeared in court by appointment. You were told that the case you were involved with would come up between 12 and 1, for example. And usually that meant no later than 12.15, he said. OK, you've just had a case. What was that about? Um, yes, we had a late case and it was a road rage and he shouted and roared at her. And, like, that sort of thing now is very upsetting for her. And where it was a case then, as the evidence went on, it developed of your word against mine, you know. But the judge made the decision then. And he fined him. And was she in here in the office with you or did you sit um, in the court with her? I sat in the court with her. And then we came in here with the guard after and let the offender go off. Noelle carries a blue diary with her everywhere. In court she notes the cases that have been put back and those that have been sent to courts in the city centre. So a guard just came into you now. What was that yeah, about? That was about a case that has been transferred from this court to the city centre. Pretty serious case and to be there to get support for the witnesses. But, like, if it's a thing that I can't make it into town on that day, I will get the girls in town to look after it. OK, so this office here, as well as dealing with what's going on here, you're coordinating the work elsewhere as well? Yes, yeah. And do people yeah. ever come into the office that have, aren't in court here? Do victims ever come in here at all? Uh, you get lots of different things. People would call you in to know they might have another problem besides a problem of crime you know and like they don't know where to turn right. and so you can steer them and we work with the citizens advice across in the village now and like lots of people that might have a, a problem they can sort that out for them and put them we get people with social welfare problems and all that sort of thing and then you bring them bring across, them the, across road, the road yeah or send them over you know i have to ring a lad today and make arrangements with them. His friend was murdered. 
Yeah, this is Noelle here from Victim Support. You you rang in yesterday. You're looking to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um you the the girl in question was telling me that you didn't want anybody to call to your home. Is that right? It's late morning. A woman has just left Noelle's office and gone across to the courtroom. She's been in the office for about 20 minutes. She's a witness in a case against a man she knows. She's nervous. To walk from the public area all the way up to the box to get in to give your evidence mm. is, you know, people shake. And it's only yeah. about 15 feet. That's yeah. all, yeah. But yeah. people actually shake. And, like, they come back out of being in the box and the sweat would be pumping off them, you know. Outside the courthouse, defence solicitor Gráinne Malone. I think Noelle does it particularly well and she brings her own personality to it. Why is it needed? Why is somebody like that needed in the court? Well, I think because victims come in here, unfortunately, and they're confused. And really, sometimes it's a question of luck. If they have a particularly good and diligent guard that'll keep them advised at all times about the progress of their cases, then they're fortunate. But sometimes they have maybe inexperienced guards or guards who unfortunately don't do their job as well and therefore they're not as clear about what's going on. And in those circumstances, someone like Noel, it's a hugely vital part of the court service. Back inside the court, the woman is in the witness box for less than a minute. She leaves the courtroom and goes back to Noelle's office. More than an hour later, she leaves. She came in and she just wanted to talk about her situation generally and there was a lot of stuff she just wanted to get off her chest, do you know? Counselling really? Well, it's listening, really. It's not really counselling, you know, because I wouldn't say you do or you don't. I just listen and that's very important for people to just let them get rid of whatever they have in there. And she was only on the stand for a couple of seconds, seconds. but she sounded nervous when she went yeah, up. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Because it is, it's an awful ordeal knowing that everybody is waiting to hear what you're going to say, mm. you know. Mm. I mean, it's it's really public speaking <laughs> as such, and you do know. You, do you ever worry when you have somebody in here for that long that maybe you're not qualified to be listening or to be talking to her? Um, well, you see, what... It, it, the talk that would go on between us would be very simple talk. It would be everyday talk. And that takes their mind off why they're really here, you know. And, like, unless they volunteer to tell me things, you know. And in lots of cases, people tell you lots of things. But you just listen to it, you know. Because in, there can be cases where they mightn't have anybody else to tell it to. Now I have some more clients now in the afternoon. There's another case coming up in the afternoon. That's the programme. I've tried to bring you a sense of what Noel does, but to see why the court support service and victim support are needed, you really have to sit in on a court session some day. They're open to the general public and... They're quite remarkable in their inefficiency of design. Time and again, cases are deferred because the accused is not there, the solicitor is not there, the guard is not there, or the relevant documents are not there. And the use of manpower is worth noting. At one point, when I was in court, there were 17 guardies sitting in the courtroom. 
Most of them were there from 10.30 in the morning until mid-afternoon at least. One guard came from Cork. His case wasn't heard until 4.30 and it was dismissed. If you've got a ticket for parking on the footpath, you may only get a fine of €19. But you'll have to spend a few hours on hard wooden benches watching this lumbering, sometimes humiliating system that's elegant only in the way it illustrates the various fates of Ireland's social classes. In the middle of it, although she's small, Noelle stands out. An African woman has been fined for having no tax in her car. She says she wasn't driving the car at the time, so can't understand why she's been called to court. Nevertheless, as the owner, she's liable. She asks where to pay the fine. Someone tells her the court office, and she goes to leave the courtroom. But on the way out, she's stopped by Noelle, who touches her on the sleeve, and explains to her that there's no such thing as a court office in Tala, and then shows her how to pay the fine. You can write to the programme at flux at rte.ie. That's flux at rte.ie. Or to myself, Ronan Kelly, Flux, RTE Radio 1, RTE Dublin 4.